Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10.3 this evening. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the NIV, it says, for though we live in the world. That's true, right? We live here for now. But the Bible says, we, you know, if a Christian, you, your citizenship is in heaven. So that's a good thing just to understand. And to keep in mind, we're here now, but we're not going to be here forever. We only have a very short time to get our job done. We're looking shorter all the time. And so, it just if, you, if we get it in our head that in our future, and not too distant future, even if it's decades, it's just not going to be that long. You know that if you've been around, days are going like this, and what you thought was going to be a while, that's five years ago. And so, if we get it in our mind, and in our understanding, in our consciousness, that in a little bit, we're actually going to be with the Lord, and with all the believers that have gone on before us. That's in our future. It's not some fairy tale thing out there it's just another event like if you were going to visit another state or another country you know in the coming months that's in your future that's the way heaven is that's the way being with with the lord is is and so we are in this world now but it's not going to be that way this world is not going to be the way it is forever thank god god's going to clean it up and, and um but there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen you know before that happens we're in the world right now and, but we're not going to always be here, but we are now, so we're dealing with some stuff now. But if we understand that this isn't our final state, and that the true us, who we are, a spiritual being, who we, our citizenship, it's not here. So then you just, you deal with stuff differently. You, you realize it's temporary. Okay, we got to deal with some stuff here, not like, this is the end, I'm never going to, this is like what's happening now or today or next week, it's just all there is. That'll, that'll you know, your perspective just is not going to be the same, if, whereas you realize, I'm just passing through. I'm only here for a little bit. This world, I'm only dealing with this nonsense for a little bit. You know, as far as, in generally speaking, this is as bad as it's ever going to get. You say, well, it could get worse. No, I, we're talking about on this earth. We're going to deal with stuff that's so far beyond what we're dealing with this in, in this realm. And if we realize, no matter what would happen here, that's what our future is. That'll change our perspective, and it will help us in our walk here. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. In other words, the world thinks there is, this is all there is. They act like this is all there is. Believe. This is literally all there is because they have other beliefs that inform that, that when you're dead, you're dead. So then they, they're going to make, they're going to act differently. Somebody without God is going to act differently than somebody that has a relationship with God and acts like it. I mean, believes it. So we don't need to act like it's not true. 
For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not with the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In the Amplified Classic, it says, For though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So we we have the ability to determine the thoughts we're going to focus on and the thoughts we focus on ought to be, or the thoughts we let, um, that we retain in our mind, they ought to be informed by the truth of God's Word and we ought to reject anything that isn't, that, that isn't based on God's Word or that would come against any truth of God, any real truth. And the way we are going to refute these things is to take the thoughts and we need to do something with them. We cannot afford to just let the thoughts bounce around in our head. It doesn't matter if we've heard it before. I think we we allow way too much of this. Way too much, many thoughts that are actually contrary to what the Word says, we allow them to bounce around in our head in the background, or they may be in the foreground, instead of actively taking them and saying, that does not agree with truth, and I'm not going to let it stay in my head. No matter if we heard it ten years ago. I, I... you know, you can just live with something, be like, yeah, that's good. And then there's something just bouncing around in your head. And if you stop to take a snapshot, you know how something can be in your peripheral vision and you don't really see it in focus? Well, that, that's the way it can be in your mind. You know, you're, you're going through your, your day or your week, but there's stuff that's just kind of here. And you're not really looking at it, but it's just, it's bouncing around and it's pressure. That's called worry. That's called fretting if it's in the negative, but if you were to stop and just look at it, you may say, wait a minute, what? why is that in my head? I know better, why am I letting that bounce around in my head? Because I'm dealing with these feelings, emotions, and maybe worry, it's just this dread or something, you know, something going on, this is going to happen, or what if this happens? And it's, it's almost, un- it can be almost unconscious. You can be at work and you're going on with your work and something's just, just looping. doesn't even have to be, it's not in the forefront necessarily. Because you're able to function and do other things, but there's something going on that's causing you 
uh, emotional stress, emotional grief. And if we were to look at it square in the eye, we'd say, wait a minute, this, this is wrong. I know it's wrong. I know it doesn't agree with what God said. So we need to do something at that point. We need to stop and look at it and say, no, that's wrong. I disagree. Think about it like this. If you were in this room, like right now, hearing a sermon, there are all kinds of things that if they would pop up, you would smash them down right away because you'd say, no, we don't believe that. Of course we don't believe that. Hallelujah. Glory. And you would be throwing those things down. Or if you're talking to somebody. You know, after the service, and you were talking about some situation. Well, you may be talking about the Word, and talking about what what the Word says, and you're in a mode where you are fully aware that you are going to take, you're going to agree with what the Word says, because you're standing in front of somebody that, if for no other reason, that that's what I know. I'm that's the right answer. Not talking about anybody being fake or anything. It's just that you're in the mode that we're going to agree with that now because. You know, I, yes, that's what the Word says. And you won't, you won't entertain it. But then we can go and get in the car, go home, we're at work, and it's like, okay, stuff comes up. And instead of doing the exact same thing, like, well, of course that's wrong. That's not true. We're going to smash that down now. It's just, we're going to let that live. Just let it loop unconsciously. Well, if we do it unconsciously or consciously, even if we look at it and go, I know the truth, but we just, we're disagreeing with God. I mean, we are, we are letting that thought is exactly what it says here. If we look at um, <clears throat> verse 5, let's just look at it in the Amplified Classic. It says, it, it says well, let's go back to verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Notice what it says, in as much as we. That means to the degree that we do the next part of this, we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. That's what things do. They, they, they try to set themselves up as a counter-truth, saying, well, yeah, fine, the Word of God says this, but... It's subtle. This is what's really going to happen. And so the, only, the, way we, the only way that's going to be destroyed is when we refute it and say, no, that's not the truth, and I'm going to, on purpose, counter it. I'm going to, on purpose, look at it and say, no, the Word of God does not say that. You know, it can be a picture of, of your child, something happening to them. You know, or you, you, another loved one in a video, you know, they're, they're somewhere by themselves. And, you know, you have a thought that what if something happened to them? And there can be in a situation where the devil will try to make it seem inevitable that something will happen. And try to paint you a picture and give you a video of what, what is going to happen. And the, the, the attack is to try to get you to accept it. And, when, and then, you know, these are 4D. They, they bring feelings with it. I mean, it, it's all, it, it's emotion, feelings, visuals. You know, time, space is 3D, but then you got the emotions and the, all this stuff. And it should try to get you to just, just hold. And not just say, no. 
No, because it, see, the feelings will try to get you to not just throw it down because what kind of feels true. Instead of saying, no, that is not what God said, and I'm not going to live with that, and I'm not going to let that bounce around in my head. I'm going to live without that grief right now. Because all the, all the, the worry and the grief and the emotion, it stems from the way we're looking at stuff. Did you hear me? It's not, it's not even the facts. It's how we're looking at the facts. Because facts are subject to change. Truth is not. So see, thoughts can come about the facts of some situation. But it's the way you look at the facts that determine how you react to it. Your perception of the facts. Facts can be fact. Well, that's just a fact. Yeah, it's a fact now. It could be not a fact three seconds from now. It's true. Things change all the time. So it's not like, well, it's a fact, so that means it's unchangeable. No, it just means it's a snapshot. It's a fact now. That doesn't mean it's not going to change. We need to believe what the Word of God says in spite of the facts, because the Word of God can change the facts. And if we stick with the truth, the facts will catch up with the truth. You don't try to make the, the truth bend to the facts. Well, I, you know, let, when thoughts come up, that are contradicting the truth, even if they align with the facts, side with the truth. Let me say that again. When thoughts come that contradict the truth of God's Word, even if those thoughts agree with the current situation and facts, don't agree with that, agree with the truth. Because the facts can change. The truth will not. But if we agree with the facts, even though the truth's over here, we can go in the wrong direction. And we can end up with those facts staying instead of the truth. We just agree with the truth in face. In the face of facts. The truth, or the, the, the facts are subject to change. Let me give you... An illustration, Brother Hagin gave this, a story, maybe you've heard it before. He, he had heard it related from a man. He actually heard it, but this man had experienced this around the turn of the century. Um, he was a missionary. And they were, I can't, I can't remember where they were, but they were, uh, you know, in a uh, remote area. And um, a little girl that was part of their, their missions group was was kidnapped by a local tribe. And it happened in the day, and they knew enough that if they didn't get the girl rescued by the night, that was it. She's done. And so he took, the, the missionary got, he didn't speak that dialect, but he... Um, he took somebody, a, a local that, that did... And he brought, he got a bunch of trinkets and things together because that's what they, they would barter. And he knew that. And so they went to this, um, this tribe. And um, he was able 
to negotiate the release of the girl for the, the trinkets, but then by then it had become nightfall. And they didn't travel through the jungle at night. So they were able to stay there, and they were staying in a hut. So they had the guy, the, the, guy that, the, the missionary, the, the um, native that, that was with him, that spoke uh, the dialect that had negotiated with these people, and then the little girl, and they had stayed in the hut. And they stayed, and they were going to stay to the next day. Well, they woke up in the middle of the night, and there's drums beating outside. And the missionary says to the, the, the other local, what's that? And he goes, well, the, the chief figured out, finally dawned on him. He got all the trinkets. And you guys are still here. He can kill you, and he still gets to keep the girl. And he goes, so that's what's going on. And they had these big knives that he, they said, one, one uh, swipe of that, take your head off. And so he, he said, well, we're not going to wait for him. We're going to go out to meet him. And uh, so they prayed. And then he's going to go out to meet him. Now, the situation, this looks dire. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what, what's going on right now, the, the facts are you're about to die. You're in the middle of the jungle. You're surrounded with people that want to kill you, and there's nothing in the natural, stopping that from happening. And uh, he prayed with the guy. They prayed together, and he said, I'm going to go out. And he closed his eyes, and he just walked out, stepped out, and he's waiting, because it just, his head could be taken off like that, so he's waiting, and nothing's happening. And then he, then he starts to hear moans from the people coming. Like, and then he opens his eyes, and they're all bowing. And they're moaning. And he asked the guy, what is this? He said, they're calling you God. He said, they, they're saying, when you stepped out, there was two giants stepped out with you with, with uh, swords in both hands, and they just hit the ground. <laughs> you believe it if you want it or not. But God had a different, he, he, had, he was able to protect them. Now, if you look at your perspective and what you're thinking, is like, there is no way, but they just, they just agreed with God. Well, in any situation, God, His truth is right. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what the situation is. If we, if we agree with Him, He can change the situation. If we get the situation, that may be it. It may be over. But Satan, he will use. that. It's, it's talking about weapons of our warfare. Satan is dealing in our minds, trying to get us to side with his plan and st- side with natural things so that we disarm ourselves, basically, and just go in and just take what he's tried to dish up for us instead of siding with God and staying with the Word of God in spite of the circumstance that the thoughts come that are contradicting what God said and we have a decision to make on whether we're going to let that stand or side with God anyway and then let God be true and let the circumstances change. 
The, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, with, was God. So the Word is Jesus. Jesus is the living Word. We have the written Word. But you could look at it at the end of uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. The last part of that says, We lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Well, you could say into the obedience of the Word. Christ is, He's the living Word. It said that in, in 1 John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Christ is the Word. So you can say, You lead every thought into obedience of what God has said because it is true. So if something comes in contrary to the word, no matter how real it feels, we still still knock it down. You say that's not easy. Nobody said it was easy. But it's right. And if we give... If we give the, the thoughts um, access, if we, if, we, if we let them affect, you know, stay in our minds, they can affect where we go and ultimately affect what we experience. That's, that's part of the play against us. It's not just what's happening, because what's happening can change. It's how we're looking at it, which is a whole different layer. That's how the enemy works. This is how he's always worked. Let's look, uh, let's look at uh, Genesis 2, verse 15. Well, let's read before we go there. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Let's just read this passage and then we'll go to Genesis. I said, oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. As the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, or you could say the simplicity that's in the Word. What, what the Word of God says, Satan tries to come against it and, and, and corrupt it. He tries to come against just the simplicity of what God said, the face value of what God said, and, and by feelings and circumstances and deceptions and craftiness, tries to come against you so that you come away from the Word and say, well, I guess it's not maybe true in my circumstance because, look. And that's the plan, is to get that to happen and to get you to buy something when actually you have the ability to come through victorious. He wants you, Satan's plan for you is to come through in defeat. And the only way he can do that is to get you to side in with something beside God's truth. Because if you side in with God's truth and just cast down anything that's contrary, if we cast it down, then truth's got to prevail. He knows this, which is why he plays this way. So he can't, he can't directly 
He can't assault God. He can't assault God's truth. He can't make that untrue. He can't make God's word fail. So he tries to get us to not look to God's word and to believe lies so that we subvert our own situation, even though all the time God was able to bring us over in any situation. Look at Genesis 2, verse 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden, of of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. There it is. This is God telling Adam, Don't do this. Don't eat of this tree, because you will die. Genesis 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? You could say, Has God really said? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan is coming at the mind of Eve and saying, you won't. He knows the truth, but he said, no, you won't. And you may say, well, that's just obvious. No, it's just like, God's not going to provide for you. He said he would. He's not going to take care of you. You're going to be lonely the rest of your life. You're going to die. Or you're going to be crippled. When the Bible says he himself took our infirmities, bore our sickness, but he'll say, he'll he'll give you a picture and say, this is what you're going to look like. This is what your body is going to be twisted into. This is what your future is. And it's the same thing. It comes up against you. And and just as much a contradiction as this is that we can see in black and white, where it is clearly against what God said, that's exactly what Satan does every day. He brings thoughts. And you say, but it feels real. Well, we're going to see Eve looked and felt, and she sided in with with Satan. That's what happens. This is the same play that Satan did in the Garden of Eden. That's what he runs on on mankind all the time. Contradict what God said, bring something that looks true, feels true, agrees with sense knowledge, bring confusing arguments, bring arguments and, and things about, well, this is what the economy's doing, look. This is the price of this. This is what the job market looks like in this area. Brings it to you. God still said that he would supply all your need. It doesn't say anything about any of those other things. But Satan will come in with a bold-faced lie, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like eh, it could be true. In fact, it could feel inevitable. 
That's what it, Satan will bring something to you that feels like this is, the nat, this is the natural progression. You can say whatever you want. You can try to, he'll even, I mean, he plays hardball. You can even try to cast this down. You can try to speak faith words. Not going to work because this is your future. Those are all lies, but he'll come at you with every one of those things. Yeah, try your faith on it. it it's not going to work. He's trying to discourage you so you won't do it. It's, you talk about reverse psychology. If you get into this realm, you will be tied in knots and body slammed in no time flat. You cannot take on. You're not smart enough. He'd like, Satan it loves it when people think they're, they're smart enough. Because we're not. In and of ourselves, we're not. But with, if that's why you've got to stay in the realm of faith. Any time that Satan can hold you in the arena of reason, he will defeat you every single time. If he can hold you in reasoning, when you start getting into, yeah, but, and what about, and this stat, and this, and that, you're in reasoning. You've, and, and, and you're being played. Because God's Word is not about reasoning, it's about faith. And if we can hold... Satan in the arena of faith, then you'll defeat him in every battle. Because that's based on God's word. God's word doesn't change, doesn't matter what it looks like. If you just come back and say, no, God said it, he'll try to say, no, it's inevitable. You're going to die. You're going to be alone. Your business is going to fold. And you say, but God said, and you just stay there. But God said, but God said, you hold him there. He can reason all he wants. But if you don't join in, he, he can't win. But when you start engaging and start saying, yeah, what about, and God, did you think of this? You're doing, he's just going to twist you. Before you know, know it, you're going to be looking up with your back on the floor going, what happened? That's not glorifying him. It's glory, we need to glorify God and say, your truth is true no matter what happens. Don't be duped into this same thing. If you talk about intelligence, this is the first woman on the planet. She was as smart as it gets. Adam and Eve were sharp. They brought all the animals in front of Adam, and he named every one of them. He didn't read about them. He named them. He, came, he had all the names that described something about them. He was brilliant. Eve was brilliant. I don't think Adam was brilliant. Eve was just a door, you know, doorknob. No, she was brilliant too. These were some of the, these are the sharpest people. Their minds were not degraded whatsoever. This is before the fall. It's as smart as it gets. I mean, the world has not fallen. All the, the effects of sin and the environment and everything, they, none of that. Razor sharp. And she was defeated. If she was defeated, it, not much hope for us. If you're going to deal in the natural. So we've got to do something different than this play. This is an illustration. Don't do this. So let's go back to verse 2. The woman, two, the woman said to the, to the serpent... We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. 
For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so now she's looking, she's sensing. This, this is like looking at your circumstance. Well, it does look bad. Well, that's what the doctor said. Well, I don't know, hasn't changed for months. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam And his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? She said, The serpent deceived me. And I ate. So she listened, and Adam. They followed the wrong thing. Even though the serpent, Satan, had no power over them, they had every right to throw him out. Say no. God said it. I believe him. I trust him. But they looked, they saw, they were deceived. And the simplicity that was just, no, God's right, His Word's true, I believe it. Yeah, but God's Word is true. His right, I believe what He said, and just stay there. Well, that just seems simple. The push is to try to get you to release that get you to drop it, to get you to let go of what God has said. See, the problem we have is that we are, like we started out with, we are in this world. And you do live in a body. And you do have a mind that's not 100% renewed to the Word of God. And those are the entry points. You, you, you have a body that feels, that sees. that You have emotions. And so, those are the points where Satan tries to hit because they're the soft points. He doesn't challenge you directly as a child of God. On the, he can't take you. You're, the greater one is on the inside of you, but it hits your weak point. Tries to get you to feel something, tries to get you to see something, tries to get you to reason something. The part of us, our minds that don't, aren't fully renewed to the Word of God are an entry point for Satan to get in and start injecting thoughts for our destruction if we, if we, if we agree with them. And the deal is, our natural mind rejects the Word of God. The part that's not renewed, when we're not, our mind's not renewed, it's going to reject it, our flesh is just going to go wherever we 
tell it, but it's just going to, if you just let it go, it's just going to go with what it feels and sees. And so we have to respond spiritually, and that's the challenge, is responding spiritually. See, look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. It says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Talking about people that haven't believed God, but our flesh is not born again. And the part of our mind, any part of our mind that's not agreeing with the Word of God, it's acting like an unborn again person. The part of you that's born again is your spirit. Well, if you start dealing with your flesh, and you start dealing with your mind that's not agreeing with the Word of God, you're on the same ground unless you do something with it. We have to reject when we see it coming. The Spirit of God's going to help us on the inside. And we, that's why it's so important to look at the Word and say, no, the Word says this. And agree with the Word so that we can refute it. Because otherwise we're going to be in the same situation as somebody that doesn't have the defense. Now you're born again. But Eve, Eve wasn't even fallen. She wasn't born again, but she wasn't spiritually dead. See, Jesus, through Jesus, he's restored us to fellowship with God. Adam, had, or Adam and Eve hadn't fallen yet. They had authority over the whole earth. We have authority now, but you can, we can still allow Satan to hit us, even though we have authority. Because we have to agree with God. It says, verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them, to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. See, we we can agree with God. We have the Spirit born again, and then we got to just, when we hear the Word with our mind, we have to just agree with what He said, because that's the way through, and that's the way out. Every time. It doesn't matter what we see, and if we see, it doesn't matter what we understand, And that even if we see that from everything we know and understand, the thoughts we're hearing that are negative are right, because we don't see any way through. It doesn't matter if God's Word says something else, agree with Him, because He has something that none of this other stuff takes into consideration. There is a way through. It just maybe we don't see it. That's why it's so important. If we start getting into what we know, see, Satan knows what you know. He knows what you don't know. It's as easy for him to toy with people if they don't if they don't follow God and don't rest on his word as it would be for an adult to toy with a two-year-old. It's not a challenge at all. Because they don't know. You could tell them all, they just don't know. 
They just don't know. So you're like, well, this, you, this is impossible. Okay, it's impossible. I tell you, you, you know, people, born again, full of spirit, but not yielding to it, there's no way through. I just don't say way through. And God said there's a way through. God said this is the way it's going to happen. God said this is the way that you take care of this situation, but I don't understand. He's telling you this is how. It's like with, um, and we're just talking about math today, but math problems. When, sometimes my kids will come and ask about some math problem, and I'll look at it and go, I don't remember the trick. I remember this class of problems. You guys know what I'm talking about. I remember doing this stuff, but I'm looking at it, and I'm going through, and I'm like, you just need the equation. Once, this is what, what, did they give you an equation? Because once you know what to do, you're like, okay, you just run this play. You just, you figure out which numbers go where, and then you can do it. But if you just, I mean, if you're just coming up against something, and it's like, how, you know, here's this word problem. How do you do this? And if you don't know anything, you're just like, you'd have to reinvent it. You'd be like, I, I don't know. I, I don't see how to get this and this, and this rate's this, and if it takes two hours, this and this, and you're like, they tell you how to do this, but I just don't, and I don't want to derive it. You know, then once you get it, you're like, yeah, okay, that's it. Now you plug in, it's like easy. And they could do 50 of them. Give me another one. Okay, j- 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 yep, see, there's the trick. Now you get up to a different class of problem, same thing. You know the trick for that last one, but you don't know the trick yet. Because your teacher, and the teacher will give, me, give it to you. They don't tell you the trick yet, and you're like, I don't see how. And then like, oh, but here's the equation that other people figured out. And you're like, oh, that's easy. That's the way it is. We come up against something we're like, never seen anything like, I don't know, in life. And God's already like, this is the way you do it. It's right over here. And you're like, but I don't see how. If you just do this, then it'll work. But Satan will say, there's no way. And he knows full well there's a way. He's just like, no, there's no way. That'd be like you looking at a math problem. Your teacher's like, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know why we're even doing this. There's no way. Oh, wait, there is this equation. This is what you do. It's, it's like magic. That's the way God's word is like, you just say, I'm going to side with him because he's been around longer. He knows more and he is the creator. So when we have a thought that contradicts what he said, regardless if we know, regardless if we understand, regardless of every fiber in our being is, is wanting to side in with it, we say, no, God's true. And we take that thought and we slam it down and say, we're not going to run around in my head. Because it's wrong. And Satan tell you, no, you know it's right. Look. And he say, no, God said it, so it's wrong. That's the way out. Amen. Every time. Hallelujah.